This, uh, this lesson tonight is a little different. Um, I'll explain about that a little bit more here in a second. But let me ask you this question. Would you consider yourself to be a sensitive person, a sensitive person? You know, there's nothing wrong about being a sensitive person. Uh, you know, but most boys grow up to be, you know, tough guys. You know, we were told to, you know, if we had a boo-boo to rub some dirt in it. And maybe not show our sensitive side a little bit. But as you get older, you know, especially for the teenage boys, you know, some good advice. You know, girls look for a sensitive guy. They, they, they want that quality in a, in a person. It means you're responsive to others' needs, right? Uh, that you're concerned for them. I'm reminded of this because when we went back to Michigan this past week, and as we were worshiping with the, the church there in Grand Rapids that we spent about 15 years of our lives there, there was an older gentleman who often led prayers and uh, he did this as well on this past Sunday. And the thing about him was, is that every time he uh, went up before the church and offered a prayer before the congregation, for the congregation, his, his prayers always ended in tears. He's a sensitive individual. Uh, the, the prayers that he was offering often brought him to tears, and I was reminded about that. But tonight, that's not the type of sensitivity that I want to speak about or talk about. Uh, this lesson uh, is based off... Um, maybe you've heard me reference him before, but Brother Don Blackwell, and we have a lot of his DVDs in the back, uh, back table. Uh, maybe you've heard of him, but he gave a lesson, actually two lessons, on this topic uh, about a couple of months ago. And I'm not going to uh, preach uh, both of those lessons. Uh, I'm just going to sort of condense it a little bit into this uh, here tonight. But I thought it was a very powerful lesson. Again, something that maybe we don't think about uh, too much, uh, about things that... Uh, offend us? Uh, are we sensitive? Are we too sensitive maybe at some times? You know, it, it's no secret that we live today in a culture that's very hypersensitive. Again, uh, you, you might hear these key words from time to time, you know, that, uh, uh, you know the, the cancel culture or, you know, someone being triggered, right? That, that there, something offended them so much that they had to uh, do something about it. Right? Uh, many are more easily offended now, uh, which in turn could result uh, in being, uh, you know, as some fear today of being written off or, or canceled or silenced. And, and there's some theories as to why we are more easily offended today or some are more easily offended today. Uh, one of the things that they say is because of our improved living conditions. You know, we live in a, a time where, uh, you know, we don't have to go out and find our next dinner. You know, there are a lot of conveniences for us. And so because of that, we have more time to sit and to dwell on things and analyze things. And, and maybe that's why we, we are a little bit more uh, sensitive uh, in those conditions. Another person said, well, uh, no, it's this thing called concept creep. It's the idea of stretching definitions. And let me give you an example of this. You remember back in school, maybe 40, 50 years ago, it wasn't uncommon for a, a, an administrator, a teacher, to maybe punish a child with using a, chat, uh, a paddle, right? We wouldn't do that today uh, because in today's definition of a child discipline within schools, you know, that, that would seem uh, as if it was child abuse, right? And so we see that, that definition of, you know, discipline within a, a, a school district, for example, uh, of changing, of stretching, and again, it's getting harder and harder today for the church to teach the truth on certain subjects because many subjects, people are easily offended in the world today. 
And so I want us to ask that question tonight. Again, this is another one of these self-evaluation questions like we looked at this morning. But am I too sensitive? Am I too sensitive? Now, again, the question's not am I sensitive, but am I too sensitive? Am I hypersensitive? Is it beyond how a Christian ought to live their lives? Is it something that could be a hindrance to you in your life and your Christianity and how your light shines? And so what we're going to do is kind of break this lesson down in three points. Uh, Number one, we're going to talk about how we see that today. Uh, Number two, we're going to examine an account in Scripture in Matthew chapter 15 about a, a woman who... You know, in any other circumstances, if she was living in today's culture, you know, people who were put in her position probably would have said, listen, I'm offended and I'm not going to continue on with this conversation. But we're going to see this great example she is for us today. And then finally, we'll offer some application of how to handle if we are being too sensitive. And so, again, let's let's start with this first one, how the oversensitive react. And and the first thing we can see are those uh, who make mountains out of molehills, right? The idea is you take something that's pretty small, but you blow it up into something in great proportions. Uh, You remember Haman in the book of Esther? You you remember this individual, uh, King uh, Asherus, uh, remember he promotes Haman to sort of be second in command in his kingdom. And because of that, everyone was to bow down to Haman. They were to pay homage to Haman. Well, do you remember uh, there was one man who would not do that? Uh, Mordecai, Mordecai the Jew, uh, who was Esther's cousin. Uh, He would not bow down to Haman. And because of that, Haman was extremely enraged, the Bible tells us in Esther chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Not so, he was so enraged at the actions of Mordecai that he wanted to exterminate the whole Jewish nation. You know, that's a small thing. One man not willing to bow down to you to have to react to wanting to destroy all of the Jews. A small thing, a small thing that consumed him. See, the oversensitive will let little things turn into big things. Right? They, they jump to conclusions. You know, sometimes we see that today. Uh, uh, you know, we say, well, why didn't so-and-so say hi to me today? Why didn't they come and shake my hand today? Uh, and we get to overanalyzing the situations. Did I do something wrong? Are they mad at me? And it eats them up. And brethren, that's not healthy. You know, we see this a lot in text messaging today. You know, it's a form of communication that uh, I sort of uh, don't like because, you know, you can't tell the full context of, you know, when you're talking back and forth with the individuals. You don't know the tone of voice they're using. You don't know if they're maybe using sarcasm. And so a lot of times we get maybe we get a message from someone and we'll be like, are they mad at me? I just can't tell. And so, again, we make mountains out of molehills. And that leads to overactive imaginations, which leads to assumptions, which leads to being upset over something that you know, wasn't even a problem to begin with. The oversensitive react in a way of hurting relationships. Hurting relationships. You know, we tend to put our foots in our mouths as sometimes as humans. Uh, James reminds us that in James chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, He says, uh, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. He's saying we all stumble. We we all make mistakes. We all say some things that we shouldn't. But how do we react to those things? How do we react to those things when someone says something to us? I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they're addressing that to me. 
You know, that might be the overly sensitive individual's reaction. Or maybe it's, you know, I don't think he meant anything by it. You know, maybe he's having a bad day. You know, th- th- that should be our reaction. Do you remember the older brother in Luke chapter 15? You remember the, the, this uh, parable of the prodigal son? And you, you recall this, right? His younger brother leaves home and then he comes back and the father is so happy that he's, that he's come back, that he's restoring this relationship with him. That what did, What's he do? He, he throws this big party for him, this big feast. And of course, the, other, the older brother never did anything like that for me. Where, where's my party? Where's my fattened calf? The older brother was overly sensitive, wasn't he? He took it as a slight by his father against him that he's um, honoring his son, uh, his, his, the, the younger son, uh, as he returns. Again, the overly sensitive can put spins on things that aren't really there. They cause themselves to withdraw from others. That's another point that we see. You know, they'll keep their distance from others in fear of getting hurt. Remember in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus gives the parable of the talents. And we have the, you remember, the, the, there's the five-talent man, the three-talent man, and then we have the one-talent man who uh, neglected his responsibility because why? He feared his master. He feared the reper- repercussions of his master coming back and finding him maybe have lost that talent or done something uh, with it that he shouldn't have. And so what does he do? He goes and he hides that talent in the ground and he doesn't even put it in the bank to earn interest, right? And he hid that in the ground because he feared his master would be upset with him. This was an oversensitive individual and it led him to neglect his Christian responsibilities. Again, we see that as well today. And finally, the... The oversensitive react by showing their pride problem. You remember that song by Carly Simon a while ago? You know, you're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. Uh, If your pride is of that nature, you know, your soul is in danger. What does James say in James chapter 4, verse 6? It says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And the church is not exempt from that. Uh, that sort of nature as well uh, of individuals easily being offended. You know, I, I told a story once of one of my classmates in school who we went to a lectureship and he was sitting in the back row uh, at this lectureship at this building. And, uh, and he, he did that because he and his wife were there and they had a small child who was, you know, about five months old at the time. And they wanted to sit in that back corner just in case the child was to get upset and to start crying so they could get out uh, easily and not have to, uh, you know, make too much of a commotion to get out of there. Well, a gentleman came up to him and, and he said, pointed to the chair, the arm of the chair and said, uh, sir, uh, you know, that, that chair has my name on it. That's where I sit. And uh, my friend, being the, the humble man he was, he and his family got up. And sometimes we look at those stories and we say, that would never happen. Well, it does. It, it, those things do happen. People's pride and egos are bruised to the point that, um, that they'll make those remarks. Or maybe, uh, again, maybe they'll quit the church because of it. How will I handle those situations when they happen to me? Will I quit? Or will I gossip uh, about it to others? Or will I act as a Christian and give them the benefit of the doubt? See, I, I guarantee that Jesus went through worse things in his life that were done to him. 
And did that cause him to quit? Did that cause him to give up his mission? It didn't, did it? And we'd all be lost if it did. Why turn our back on God for something that our brother's actions did? Are we being too sensitive to that? Why give up our souls just to spite another person? Again, are, are we being too sensitive to whatever might have happened? Because our oversensitivity exposes a pride problem. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15, and let's look at this account uh, quickly here this evening. Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 21. Let's go ahead and read this. This is uh, the story of the Syrophoenician woman, or the Canaanite woman. And uh, as we begin reading here in Matthew 15, starting in verse 21, we notice that Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of, of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Here we have an account where Jesus is going into Gentile territory and he encounters this, this with a woman. Her, her, her daughter is cruelly demon-possessed and this woman is not going to give up. Did you notice that, uh, that Jesus sort of tests her throughout this conversation? There, there's a, we could point out four different things that she had to deal with. And again, a lot of people in today's culture who might be easily offended might have stopped at number one and not got, gotten what they had come for. We notice that at first, verses 22 and 23 say Jesus did not even answer her a word. Right? Imagine asking Jesus a question and he doesn't answer. Would your feelings be hurt? Would you say, well, if that's how he's going to act, you know, I'm just going to turn around and leave. But that doesn't stop her. She needs something from him that only he can provide. The life of her child is more important than her feelings. Then notice, secondly, the disciples try to send her away. Uh, They say that this woman is annoying us. Send her away. But again, that doesn't stop her. Uh, She keeps pursuing. You know, what if you were to walk through those uh, doors and come into the building and you had a group of people saying, listen, you need to turn around and leave. Uh, We don't want you here. Again, these are the things that she is dealing with. And surely being ignored, surely uh, being uh, told to leave is enough to offend an individual. But again, she persists. Third, Jesus told her to basically wait there in verse 24. He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. My mission, he says, is with, with the, the Jews, the Israelites. My blessings of my ministry, they're not for you right now, he's telling her. Would you be ruffled? At that? Well, not her, because we see the results in verse 25. She bowed down right then before him and worshiped him. And then lastly, we notice in this um, this, uh, story here, this account, that Jesus compares to her to a a household pet, a, a dog, he says there in verse 26. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But again, how does she respond? 
You know, a lot of people think Jesus is being cruel here, but uh, remember, uh, as a Jew and as a Gentile, the Jews believed the Gentiles were unclean. And a dog was one of those unclean animals. And so he's comparing her to an unclean animal, but uh, using uh, here uh, uh, some uh, figurative language here. But she, of course, says, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Even the dogs get to eat Jesus, she said. My lowly position as a Gentile woman doesn't matter because you have something that I need. And of Jesus Right? He says, great is your faith. And again, what an example for us to see uh, of a woman who at any point in time in today's society might have turned around and said, I'm offended. Right? Uh, the, the, I couldn't uh, go through with that. But she does because she has that attitude that I'm an unprofitable servant. And so uh, here again is a great example for us. So finally, uh, tonight, as we uh, sort of wrap up this lesson how to handle oversensitivity, how to handle. And I think I have seven points here, but again, we'll kind of roll through these uh, quickly. But number one, uh, and this one's pretty basic, but ask ourselves, am I being too sensitive? Right? Analyze your behavior. Again, we talked about that this morning. Test yourselves to see whether you're in the faith, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. You know, we can see it in others so easily, but why can't we see it in ourselves? Right. And so if we come upon a, you know, a text message that we get or, you know, a phone call that we're about to make or an email that we're about to make. And before we, you know, uh, make those things, analyze the situation. Am I being too sensitive? What about considering my own pride? Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and halfway through the argument, you come to the realization that I was wrong? But you don't want to give up that argument, do you? Because that would mean uh, you lost. And so you just keep on uh, going, even though it goes nowhere. You don't want to concede. Well, again, ask yourself, ask yourself, is it a real problem or is it my pride? Consider your own pride. Uh, Thirdly, overlook poor judgment. Uh, Psalm 78. I want to read you a passage here in Psalm 78, uh, verses 38 and 39. And notice here. Uh, this, this is a, a pretty long psalm that is recounting uh, the days of the Israelites in the wilderness. And notice here, again, Psalm 78, starting in verse 38. Uh, notice what the, the psalmist writes. He says, But he, being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. And often he restrained his anger and did not arouse all his wrath. Thus he remembered that they were but flesh. You catch that part? He remembered that they were but flesh. God said that he would not destroy them because they were human. They they were flesh. They make mistakes. Should that not be our attitude as well to everyone around us? That, hey, they're just human like us. They're flesh like us. And overlook our poor judgment. Number four, be quick to forgive. Luke chapter 17, verse 4, of course, you know, Jesus says, if someone sins against you seven times and they come and repent to you seven times, forgive them seven times. Uh, Jesus is telling us to be ready to forgive those. Don't harbor a grudge. Don't dwell on it. Right? Let it be water under the bridge, so to speak. There's another way that we can handle being oversensitive. Be quick to forgive, not hold on to those grudges. Number five, follow the first and second greatest commandment. 
You know, again, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as myself. Well, how would I want to be treated in one of those situations? If the roles were reversed, how would I want someone to treat me in a similar situation? You know, that verse, that verse should always cause us to step back and to, again, reassess those things. Give the benefit of the doubt. Number six, give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, in the love chapter, as Paul is describing the characteristics of agape love, and he says, uh, maybe your translation says that love thinks no evil, or it says it does not take into account a wrong suffered. If that's our proper attitude of love, evil is not going to be the first thing on our minds when someone uh, you know, upsets us. Right? You look for the good in the event. And again, oversensitive people will always look for the bad first. And then finally, the last point we want to make here of how to handle oversensitivity is that, listen, if it is a sin, then I need to take care of it. You know, Jesus lays out some procedures for us uh, during his lifetime in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. He says, you know, if a brother has something against you, uh, go to him, right? Reconcile, make things right. In Matthew chapter 18, he lays out, again, uh, some more instructions. If a brother sins against you, again, go to him. Go to him. Discuss those things. Talk to him. Uh, Get those things reconciled. But either way, whether uh, you're going to him or he's coming to you, the idea is to fix the situation. The idea is to meet in the middle. Again, how to handle oversensitivity. We asked that question this, this evening, am I too sensitive? Again, this, may, this might have been the first time you've ever heard a sermon on this subject. It, it was for myself as well. But we live in a day and age where many uh, are very sensitive when it comes to the truth. You know, Paul said so uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, or excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss. It's people like that, the oversensitive that Paul's saying, uh, they're going to say, listen, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about that. We want our ears tickled, right? We want to hear pleasant words. We don't want to hear lessons about that. Friends, are we walking by faith? Or are we walking by our feelings? The Syrophoenician woman, she was a great example for us to learn from. She kept her faith in Jesus intact despite the hurdles that she had to go through. And she didn't get offended, but she acknowledged her lowly state and she got what she came for, what she needed. And many would have given up on Jesus in those scenarios. Again, many today give up on Jesus because of being oversensitive. They turn from him because of a bad experience that they may have had with a brother or sister. We must remind ourselves that Jesus, too, had a bad experience with a brother or sister, with uh, his nation, with his people. Right? They crucified him. And that's a powerful reminder for us when someone offends us, uh, that we be reminded that, hey, Jesus was, also, was, Jesus was crucified because people were offended at him. And he went through with his mission and lived his life so that he could bring salvation to all. This evening, as we offer the invitation this, this evening, if anyone here is, is ready to put on Christ in baptism, 
are ready to become a Christian, we would love the opportunity to uh, talk to you about it or, or to help assist you with that. Uh, the waters, of course, are always prepared behind us so that we can do that uh, right this instance. Or uh, if you're here this evening and need the prayers of the congregation, uh, need the strength and encouragement that the brothers and sisters here can provide for you, uh, we'd ask you to come now as together we stand and sing.